and welcome to RFID Insider, a show that discusses all things RFID and the technology's impact across all industries. I'm Suzanne Smiley. You can find past episodes at our website, rfidinsider.com, and be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. In this episode, I'll be discussing RFID printers and printing and encoding custom tags with my co-hosts, Russell Hillier and Keishan Patel. Both are printing and encoding specialists at atlasrfidstore.com. Let's get started. But first, a word from our sponsor. RFID Insider is presented by Atlas RFID Store, a leading provider in enterprise RFID technology. Start your project today at atlasrfidstore.com. Welcome back. Again, I'm Suzanne Smiley, and I have Russell Hillier and Keishan Patel here to talk about printing and coding and RFID printers. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, yeah. So guys, tell us a little bit about RFID printers. Most people think they're pretty complicated. What can we do to get to know these devices a little better? RFID printers aren't too complicated. Really, users just need to have a basic knowledge of how to set it up and get going. And after that, it's pretty self-explanatory. But that's uh, one of the reasons we are doing this and one of the reasons we made the setup videos is to kind of get customers going in the right direction and getting that basic knowledge so they can uh, do the rest themselves. Okay, great. What applications are RFD printers used in? They're really used for a lot of applications. We get a lot of race timing customers that use them. For us, for example, we use them for uh, custom jobs. Used in materials management and any sort of asset tracking where uh, a lot of tags or labels need to be printed in a short amount of time. Okay. So how do you decide if you need an RFID printer? Really, the deciding factor is usually the quantity of tags that you need to be printing. So if you're only going to be printing, you know, 100, 1,000 tags every once in a while, it's usually better just to go through a converter or someone like Atlas RFID Store to get them custom printed for you. But if you're going to be printing large amount of tags, you know, 10,000s, you know, every month, then it's usually better to go ahead and get a printer. It also depends on what type of tags you're using. Different types of tags work for different printers and vice versa. Okay. So I understand there are also three main types of printers out there industrial, desktop, and mobile. So how would someone go about deciding which one they should choose for their application? I'd say the main deciding factor there is what environment the printer is going to be in. Like an industrial printer is going to be more rugged and be able to withstand a lot more. It's going to print higher volumes of tags. And a desktop printer is going to be used for, uh, for things like shipping labels, you know, maybe smaller quantities of tags. And a mobile printer is really handy if you're going to be walking around a large yard or warehouse and you need to make labels on the fly. Okay. Well, say a customer buys a printer and opens the box and gets a little overwhelmed. What would you say the first step in getting a printer set up and working is? I would say the first thing you should do is maybe look at the setup guides, the quick startup guides that come with the printer. If not, then there's a lot of resources online, a lot of YouTube videos and uh, a lot of documentation out there that actually outlines, you know, how to set up the tags for your printer, how to set up the ribbon. You know, Atlas RFID Store, we also have printer setup videos for both the Sato and Zebra printers. Speaking of ribbon setup, most printers use ribbon as far as the thermal transfer process goes. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about what is actually happening during the process of thermal transfer? Basically, for RFID tag and label printing, there's two different types of printing. There's thermal transfer printing and direct thermal printing. 
Thermal transfer is when you have a media, like a tag or a label, paper or a polyface label, and you have to have ribbon. And what the printer does is actually heat up the ribbon so that it melts and adheres to the tag in the form of, of letters, numbers, whatever is being printed onto the tag. So you have to have ribbon for thermal transfer. Direct thermal printing requires a chemically coated paper that actually changes color under heat, and that's where the printing comes from. Most RFID labels are thermal transfer, isn't that correct? That's right. That's mainly what we use. Okay. So being in supporting RFID printers and, and printing and encoding, what questions do you get asked the most when you're working with RFID printers? We get a lot of questions on how to calibrate the printers. I think that's died down recently because of the printer videos that we've released. So a lot of the questions we get now are, how do I set up my printer with my PC? Or you know, how can I make a template for whatever I want printed to the tags? We usually steer them towards Bartender, since that's what we use and that's what we're most familiar with. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about Bartender a little bit later in the show. But to talk about your first point in that sentence, can you tell us a little bit about printer calibration? What is a printer calibration for people that are not familiar with the term? Printer calibration is really divided into two steps. There, there's one step that you calibrate the media, which is the tag or label that you're printing on. And basically what the printer does is looks at the tag and finds the dimensions and the space in between each tag so that it can identify where one tag ends and where the next one begins and sort of get an, an approximate size. And then the other step is a RFID calibration. And basically what the printer does there is uses its RFID antenna to scope out where the tag is and what frequencies are going to work with the tag and kind of get a feel of what the read power, write power needs to be. Both of those, the media and RFID calibration, it differs from printer to printer. Zebra kind of has a uh, calibration process that will really take care of it for you, while Sato printers, they allow you to actually input uh, specific parameters for different tags. And Zebra and Sawtooth printers, those are the main ones that you guys work with here. Is that correct? I know that there are other uh, manufacturers on the market, but I guess for reliability reasons, you guys like the Zebra and the Sawtooth printers for their capabilities, reliability, that sort of a thing. Yeah, that's correct. That's right. Yeah, currently we're using a ZT410 Zebra industrial printer as well as the Sato CL4NX printers. They take care of most of the, uh, the tag printing for us, and we have a, a card printer and an NFC printer. We're talking with other partners about trying out some other printers, maybe color printing in the future and, and things like that. But for the most part, it's mostly industrial printers since we, we're printing tags every day and we're printing thousands of uh, tags a week. They're really robust in that type of environment. Yeah, so a desktop and a mobile printer really wouldn't, wouldn't work for you guys. I mean, there were just too many tags that you all have to print per week. Yeah, that's right. Okay, great. So, Restel and Keishan, before we close out this topic, do you have any other tips for listeners who might be interested in getting started with RFP printers, maybe has been hesitant on buying one? Any tips, tricks, information that y'all have? My main tip is just to uh, read all the documentation you can, look at all the videos you can. Feel free to contact us. You know, We're, we're always happy to uh, walk customers through the whole process and, and help them get started. Okay, great. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you in the next segment. I'm Suzanne Smiley, and I'm back with Russell and Keishan here from AtlasRFIDStore.com to talk to us a little bit more about custom encoding RFID tags. For this section, we'll be talking about what is involved in printing and encoding RFID tags. Uh, I think there are two ways to look at this question. 
printing and coding tags in-house or through a custom printing and coding service or a company that does it for you. Because you guys have the most experience doing this for customers through a company, let's walk through the process you can expect to go through as a customer that wants to get some tags printed and coded. How does that sound? Sounds good. Let's do it. So as soon as someone purchases tags to be printed and coded, what's the first step in the process? Our current process is that typically an order will come in and we usually reach out to the customer, sending them a generic data proof. And that data proof usually contains a sequence of one through a thousand or one through 100 tags, depending on you know what quantity that they ordered. We also take a look at the customer's information. If it's a customer we've worked with before, uh, we'll look at previous orders and use those as a template for the new order. Or if the customer has let us know that they are a race timer or you know they use a specific system that we have used in the past, we'll go ahead and create the data proof so that it reflects the encoding scheme for that system. Okay, so how long does it usually take you to, to get these projects done? Like, what, what do you give customers as a typical lead time? Typical lead time uh, right now is uh, two to three weeks. Typically after all of the proofs have been approved, Sometimes it, it usually doesn't take that long. That's, that's a good safe estimate to give customers because it, it can change in a day or two just depending on our workload or if one of us gets sick or if uh, a hard tag order comes in because those take a little bit longer than, than running tags for the printers. It's, it's variable, but typically we quote two to three weeks. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that play in part of that. You know, hard tag orders for one, we have to do those by hand. So it takes a little bit longer for us to keep re-rolling tags. Okay. So once you get an email back from the customer, do they usually agree, you know, that that typical generic data proof will work or, you know, what's the next step as far as as far as that goes? They usually email back saying, hey, that's good to go. And then we'll send them the visual proof afterward. But if not, they'll tell us this needs to be changed, this area, or can I change a human readable? Can I add a barcode to it? Can I have this type of barcode? And we usually send them another data proof back with that information that they asked for. So it's usually when someone wants something a little different encoded than just 1 through 100, 1 through 1,000. Someone wants something specific, like the number on a race timing bib, per se. Right. Okay, great. So once you have agreed on the proof and you get back what you need, what's the next step? The next step is printing a visual proof out and sending it to them for approval. Depending on what tags they order, we'll pull those from stock and we'll load them on the printers and we'll send them a visual proof based on the information that they asked for. So if they added a barcode, we'll go into Bartender, add a barcode, add a human readable, add their logo if they sent us a logo. Okay. So is it just a picture for, for proof? Is there anything else that goes into making a, a visual proof? Currently, yes. It's just a picture. We, we print the tags and then we... We'll use our phones to take a picture and to crop it, just show the tag. And we send that along with the data proof again to make sure that everything matches up. We let the customer know, you know, hey, this is going to be the record for your order. You know, please make sure that everything here matches what you're expecting. You know, this is what your tag will look like. If they're good with it, we'll proceed with, with printing from there. And if they're not, we'll keep going back and forth and working with them until we're getting something that they're excited to get. Okay, and when you do the visual proof process, you use Bartender or a similar software for this, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay, great. So once the customer approves or doesn't approve, the next step in the process is when it actually begins the lead time, which I were saying about two to three weeks, is that correct? Yeah, two to three weeks is typical lead time. Okay, and then y'all start printing them, um, and that's when the actual lead time begins. So, that, so that's when the two to three weeks begin. And how long do you think it actually takes to, to print them? Say someone orders 1,000 tags. Um, are these industrial printers printing these tags pretty fast, or is this actually kind of a slower process? 
The printers can print at a, at variable speeds. We typically like to keep them at a lower speed. I think the lowest speed for both of them is two inches a second. That keeps the print quality really fine. If, if it speeds up, you lose some of that quality. It's not as dark and uh, some of the lines aren't as well defined. So we like to keep it a little, little slower, uh, even though it does take just a little bit longer. But a thousand tags would realistically take maybe a half a workday to completely print and re-roll and to check, we do random sample checks to make sure that uh, they're encoded correctly and to check some of the barcodes. Realistically, with nothing on the printer already, it, it would probably take half a day. It depends on the type of tag too, because certain tags void more than other tags. If there are a bunch of voids in the reel that we're printing on, we'll have to keep track of those, reprint those as well afterward, and re-roll the whole reel after we're done printing. So a lot of people don't understand that lead time is just how long it takes to print the tags, but it's also in what order you've actually received the printing and coding order. Because most of the time, y'all have both your printers working simultaneously on all kinds of different orders. Is that correct? The lead time is when you can get their tags in the printer and moving and then get them printed. Is that kind of how y'all do the or figure out the lead times? Yeah, that's right. We, we do take into account our current workload and kind of a, uh, a look into the future and see what next week's workload is going to look like. You know, the sales guys let us know what type of orders they're looking at about to come through, especially if it's going to be a, a time intensive order like hard tags or a very large printing order. So we try to keep all that in mind when quoting lead times. Sometimes we do have to, to extend it, you know, three to four weeks, four to five weeks. Typically, the two to three week mark has been the sweet spot for us. We've been able to, uh, to quote that pretty reliably and get tags within that time frame. Perfect. So I guess the a way to wrap up this part of the segment is if you do use a service, keep in mind that lead time and keep in mind that that lead time doesn't start when you put the order in. That lead time starts when the proof is approved, because at that point, your tags basically get in line to be printed. So just make sure that if you have something coming up and, and you do need something printed, that you look ahead and, and try to get your, your proof approval done and everything in so that you can get the tags in time and they're all correct. Is that right? Yep. That's right. Okay, so moving on a little bit, how would this process that y'all just explained differ if the customer was doing it at home themselves? What would be their steps that they go through from just their point of view? They don't have two experts that like I have here. What would they what would they start with? Basically, in order to do it yourself, you do have to know some of the basics of writing two RFID tags. So you would need to know what encoding scheme your system needs to use. You would need to know hexadecimal characters and you know, how much memory your tag has and uh, how to divide up that memory into EPC or user memory and, and things like that. Once you have that data, you would create your own database. We typically use Excel just because it's an easy database to make and you know, to kind of visually inspect and make sure everything's right. You would have to make your own database and you can use a, a, a software like we do, like Bartender or, uh, or Nice Label or Zebra has their own label designer. You can use something like that, or you can use printer commands to send the information to the printer. From there, it's just knowing how to set up and operate the printer. Okay, so speaking on the software that you're talking about, Bartender, Nice Label, Zebra, do you have any advice for people who were just starting with one of these softwares like Bartender or similar printer software? I know it can be kind of confusing to, to not only start using a new piece of hardware, but also trying to use software to speak between your PC and your RFID printer. So do you have any tips on that? I would kind of say it's almost like working with the RFID printer. You just kind of have to get familiar with it, familiar with the environment, knowing how you want to set your tags up for printing. 
And once you get that process down, if you're just printing one tag at a time, it's pretty much as easy as loading up a new Excel sheet with your data on it and just printing. So do you import your Excel spreadsheet into Bartender or the similar software, or do you use them kind of separately? We do import it. Uh, Bartender has a, a neat functionality where you can uh, create a, a template for the tag and you create different objects. So let's say you have a, a text object and a barcode object. What you can do is associate a database like Excel to that tag template. And then within the template, you can associate specific objects with the data in the database. Okay, so another really important thing that y'all talk about as far as the visual proof goes, but this is still really important. I think it's really important for people to know to print a few at a time, print some samples and test. Can y'all talk a little bit about that? Because you don't want to print a whole bunch of thousand tags and realize that they don't work or they're not encoded correctly or your reader can't read them. So tell us about what they should start off with as far as samples. Typically, um, what we do is we'll print maybe five or 10 tags and we'll, you know, first of all, visually inspect them, make sure that they look like the visual proof that the customer sent. So if, if customers doing this on their own, you know, it's really up to them on how the tag looks and to, to print it out and make sure the lines are, are clearly defined, maybe changing the, the darkness settings or speed settings to, to get what they're looking for. After that would be to uh, read them with a, we, we typically use a little USB RFID reader from Thing Magic just to, to read the tags and make sure that they're encoded correctly. And then once that's done, inspect anything else on the tag, like a, a barcode or QR code or anything like that, make sure that it's encoded correctly and that it's readable. We typically use a, a, a handheld 1D, 2D barcode scanner. You can test it with your phone or any other sort of barcode scanner to make sure that it, it is readable. It's also important to keep testing while your printer is printing. Barcodes and text labels will typically shift uh, at times and encoding can offset if your tags keep shifting and voids will keep happening and keep track of those as well. Yeah, because you don't want to print out a thousand tags and then realize that 20 are voided and show up to your event with 980 tags. And just to, uh, just to clarify, I know we've been talking about voided tags in case there's any confusion there. What, what we mean by voided tags is tags that come from the partner that uh, did not pass the quality control test. So a lot of tags will have a, a mark on them, a black mark or maybe a pin mark. Some partners actually just take the tags off so that we don't have to worry about it. But that's what we mean by voided tags. When they go to the printer, it'll mark them as bad if it reads them. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it'll print on them. So we have to be on the lookout for that and take those off and reprint them. Okay, so besides making sure to look for voided tags, skewed barcodes, make sure that they work, definitely print samples and read them. Is there any other tips that you have for people that are printing at home? Yes, I, I would recommend having a, a, a re-roller. We typically use LabelMate re-rollers. You can get them from our, our website, but we, we typically use those to help re-roll the tags if they come on larger cores. One of our partners, Alien, ships tags in a larger quantity, so they come on larger cores that don't fit into the printer very well. So we will re-roll those tags onto smaller cores and uh, put them in the printer there. And they're also handy to, uh, to roll the tags as they come out of the printer. If you don't have an attachment like the, the re-roller accessory for the Zebra printers, you can use the re-rollers to, to help kind of manage your tags and not let them just spool all over the floor. Okay, great. I wanted to wrap up with kind of a fun fact question. Where do you guys see the RFID industry in 2030? I know that's a long time away. Where do you see it going from everything that y'all see on a daily basis? RFID tags in the form of holograms. Holograms? <laughs> 
But realistically, I hope to see a lot more applications with RFID. The effect will probably be more noticeable than the advancements themselves, because RFID is a kind of intrinsically something you don't you know see or hear about much in the public world, but you know you can notice the effect as on how it you know makes certain applications smoother or you know creates a user experience where there was none before. So I've heard of some applications where uh, RFID tags are being used in a in dressing rooms to kind of track clothing items you've brought in there and it screens will suggest what clothes will will pair with what you've brought in there and kind of give you a uh, a demo of, of what else to try on you know things like that i think are really neat and it's going to be a lot better in the future and it's going to be a lot more uh, noticeable that not so much of a gap between people and, and technology it's going to be a, a much smoother application than what it is right now so a better user experience overall yeah but no holograms no holograms maybe we don't know <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. For more information on what was discussed in this episode, please check out RFIDinsider.com. For more information on all things RFID, please subscribe to the RFID Insider podcast and visit our website, www.blog.atlasrfidstore.com. 